welcome to Mixed Company. For some of you, you may get the cultural connotation, the term mixed company. Um, but essentially, we can kind of talk a little bit more about what that means. Karina, what do you think mixed company means? When you're with people who don't look like you or who are not your immediate circle, you have to say things that either, you know, there are things that shouldn't be said and there are things that shouldn't be said. So when you're in mixed company, you're very cognizant of who is in the room and who are you talking to. So basically you code switch. Basically. I mean, that's a, that's a way of saying it. Exactly. So pretty much what we're going to be doing here is we're always in mixed company. So we don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> we really just don't care. So essentially what we're doing here with mixed company is bringing siloed and uncomfortable conversations that in general you have with your friends or in familiar circles um, to the forefront so that everybody can be a part of the conversation specific to what we all know in this room, which is the advertising industry. Um, essentially, what we're going to be doing is taking a critical look at the state of advertising from the perspective of the bottom up. None of us here are CEOs, CCOs, CMOs, none of that. <laughs> we are just climbing the ladder. We haven't even broken through the probably like the first ceiling that there is. So we're just going to tell it to you from our perspective, carry on conversation and, you know, just vent. Vent with some solutions. Yes, vent with solutions. Criti <laughs> critical venting. So that, that means we're not just going to go on crazy rants. No. <laughs> I can't make any promises, but that's, <laughs> that's the, definitely the goal is to not go on crazy rants. Um, so I think if, at this point, we should probably talk about why we're even, I guess, why we're even relevant to speak about such things. Um, we can kind of... I can tell you guys a little bit about myself. Like I said, my name is Kai. I am one of your hosts on this show, and I am a senior digital producer. I have been in advertising now for about five years, um, and I have worked on several, several, several dozens of campaigns um, from the bottom up, and or sorry, not the bottom up, from... From just about everything. I've worked on luxury brands. I've worked on food brands. I've worked on retail. I've worked on financial. And I've worked at about four different agencies. So my perspective is pretty vast. And I got some things to say. Okay. Okay. Get ready. Oh, oh I'm Karina. Oh, sorry, Sam. No, no, I can go. Uh <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 you're not going to continue on my intro. Because I'm the other host. So I'm Karina. <laughs> Um, I've been in the industry for three and a half years now. Um, my introduction to advertising was in a diversity and inclusion program. Um, and from there, I rotated to a couple of agencies, stayed at one for a long time. And now I'm in a different holding company, a brand new world, um, still in an account Um I ventured away from account during my experience, and then I kind of came back uh, to that whole new land, I guess. So my name is Simeon. I'm a senior copywriter. Um, I have worked across a few different, I guess, disciplines within advertising. So I've done digital, traditional, um, 
experiential and now I'm doing PR. But I think overall, one one of the things that we want to touch on um, is basically just the industry in general. So that's media, technology, um, and advertising. And overall, my full work experience is about 11 years. So I did seven years. So in- old. <laughs> You're so freaking old. Uh, I did oh, um, no. seven years work, working in media before I switched over to advertising. Um, so I can definitely bring the drunk uncle perspective to this conversation. That could be fun. Drunk uncles are the best <laughs> until they touch you and then it's weird. Uh, what, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> then it's just weird. All no. right. So like we said, on that transition. So what's the big deal with diversity? Like why are we talking about it? Why why even say anything about it? What's so great about diversity? It's like a it's like a buzzword that's like oh, you know, it, it could mean anything, could mean like mean something to someone and it could mean nothing to anyone. I think it's just the topic of right now, right? It's like... Shoot, Oscar's so every, white. <laughs> yeah, right? Oscar's so white. Um, you turn on um, the news. You just It's everywhere right now. And I don't necessarily think it's just diversity, but the inclusive piece of it. Diversity and inclusion is definitely a hot topic. Um in media right now. But do you think, so just side question, like, do you think it's a hot button because of things that have, that's going on in our world socially? Um, no, I think it's a hot button yeah, <laughs> in general. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's a, I think if you look at the full spectrum of diversity, like, it's just a, the same problem with a different name. Like, we've been talking about this since the civil rights movement. Um, and diversity. before that, it was slavery. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> so, you know, like, basically, we're just, you know, diversity. I didn't hear about diversity, like, as a employment thing until about, like, until I actually started pursuing the creative route in advertising. Before that, I was just kind of, like, sitting in meetings listening to my bosses say racist things. <laughs> so That's a good point. I didn't think about diversity until I, until I got into my program. I think I, yeah. it's a, honestly, I think it's an advertising buzzword buzzword right now. I mean, quite frankly, my friends that work in retail and friends that work in uh, the medical field, I don't. Now, do they talk about certain conversations within them, their own small uh, huddles? Absolutely. Is it something that every, you know, ad week, every week is talking about something diversity or somebody was offended by something somebody said in the C-suite and now that there is a class action suit um, alleging, you know... People don't know how to act. Non-diverse <laughs> practices, right? I think the issue right now is... The issue right now is people just don't see themselves where they're working. Like, I mean, look at us, right? We're having this conversation from the bottom up. Because none of us have anybody that sits in any of our C-suites that looks remotely like us or, or, or a tint of brown lighter, if you will, or a tint of any other color, uh, color lighter. Like, they, it just, they are white men that are running these companies. And, and white women. Really? I don't even see that Maybe many. like one. I feel like I see a lot. Do I you? feel like I, I work with a lot of. You see a lot of VPs, or you yeah. see a lot of, like, a, lo- a lot of VPs. Oh, but you don't see, see but anybody that's not a C-suite. in C-suite. Yeah, 
making decisions. Maybe that one lady, there was one lady what, in Sachi. But I also work. I also work in PR now, so um, that's probably why. Only women work in PR. Clearly, I see, I, see, I see more. So why is representation so key? Like, I always I thought it it was important from having a lot of different experiences in the room, but is that really helping? I mean, you know, I mean, we can we can talk about what diversity is. Like, I think we should start at the beginning. What is diversity? My perspective, diversity is just having a whole bunch of different people with different experiences partaking in the same opportunity, which is so broad and so vast that that really means nothing. I think it's... <laughs> damn. <laughs> I think it's beyond like different experiences, but I think it, there's important to have people who look different than you in the room because everybody has a different perspective. So along with perspective brings experiences... So I think that's necessary to have in the workplace. Just because you look different doesn't mean that you're going to have the same or it doesn't mean that you're going to have a different perspective, though. And that's no. the argument with diversity. Uh, to me, the, the, the issue with diversity is that it just doesn't, it's, this shit ain't equal. And I mean, we all know it's not equal. Um, this is the issue. Like, even though the opportunities, opportunities are there, Everyone does not have an equal shot at securing those opportunities in the current state of things. So diversity inclusion just means having equal opportunity. Pretty I think much. that's what inclusion yeah. means, though. I don't think that's what diversity means. Diverse just means different. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. So, but like, and that's why I'm like, the buzzword is like, we don't talk a lot about inclusion. We don't talk about being inclusive. We talk, we need diversity. We need diversity as if like every office is supposed to look like a United Color Benetton ad. And that's not real life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we can look at our friend groups. Like, how many of us can say, well, I have a friend from every continent of the world? Hell no, I can't. You know, but like, but the reality is that's what what we are asking for is to be included, that they should include more people Mm -hmm. that are different. Mm -hmm. Diversity, like you can have a white man from, you know, Alabama, and then we have, you know, a white man from London, and then we have another white man from Australia. And guess what? That satisfies diversity. And they're all bringing different perspectives because they're not from the same place. But guess what we're what what we see when we look at it, we see that just they're a all group the same. Of just white that men. we're looking at, right? When you're looking around the room and you see what you see, that's going to spark the diversity, the need for it. Do you you said that your last place you look at like you visually like let sculpt your opinion about a place? What do you think now? Like does that does that diversity and inclusion do you look at it in a more, I don't know, like less, I don't mean to say this, but less superficial way? Or do you, like, yes, there are, there are a lot of different people that, like, are here. And I see a lot of different faces, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a diverse or inclusive office. So when, when, I, when I talk about looking at the optics, I look at the different races. I look at the different age groups, uh, the different genders. And then I started looking at who does what. Um, and one of my issues with, I guess, diversity and inclusion was that it's easy for you to hire a bunch of minorities. Like, right. that's just, it is. It's very easy. Like, you can hire a bunch of admins and 
um, janitors and um, receptionists that are minorities, and it's it's cool. Like you, you people love it. Like you know, Shaniqua brings the fun to. She didn't have to be Shaniqua. <laughs> she she could have been Shannon. She could have been Brittany. But she could have yeah, been Amanda. To, to 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 them, you know, she brings this you know pizzazz to the front desk. It's easy for them to do things like that. <laughs> the but when you start talking about, they say she's sassy. About being, there is nothing wrong with being sassy. Mm. There, there isn't. You know, my mom is like, you know. Um, so, with all that in mind, what does diversity look like? Like, mm, that's a good question. I think, what does it look like? What does it look like? I think it looks like everywhere we work, and if you get the right HR person involved and the right, uh, the right C-suite people involved, they can justify that their offices are diverse as they come. If they have a whole bunch of people that come in from different countries, <laughs> different states, if there is a, a, a ratio of sorts of men to women, if there's a ratio of, of sorts, especially like at digital companies, there's a lot of there are a lot of of Asian people that work in tech. There are quite some, if you go to a multicultural agency, of course, a lot of people say, oh, that's diverse because you have a lot of black and Latino people that work in multicultural agencies. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. It looks like whatever the hell you want it to look like today. I think it looks like whatever is trending. So, you know, when I was trying to transition from media into creative advertising, Black and Hispanic was trending, and everybody was trying to get as many Black and Hispanic people into their agencies. And then it was LGBT um, mm-hmm. that was on trend, and now it's women. Um, you know, and I think to Kai and I were talking about this the other day, where um, actually I just completely forgot what you said, but it was. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yep. But it, it was it was along the lines of diversity not being specific enough. It's not. And you know, I think it it changes every couple of years, and it just becomes it keeps being broad, and it gets broader, and it gets broader, and it doesn't I mean, yeah. hone in on because it's. I mean, because the reality of the situation is, once you get specific, you have to fix it. Right. If we're going to say we're, we, we don't have enough black people, then you actively have to go out and hire a whole bunch of black people. Because you can't just say you're not doing something and not fix it. If you're going to say we don't have enough women in management, then you have to go and get women. However, the, the, what I feel and why I get passionate and why I get frustrated is that nobody really wants to fix the problem. Once you fix the problem, there's no more of a challenge. What does that mean? There's no more there's no more diversity and inclusion management or department. There that means that whoever is heading up the DNI uh, beat over at Adweek or Ad or, or 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 Ad Age, like then there's nothing for you to write about. So in order to keep perpetuating the conversation, you have to keep continue perpetuating the problem. The issue is we're looking for jobs, right? Right. We want to, I personally, and I say this all the time because it is true, I want to go to work one day and talk about 
how the BET Awards was crappy just like it was the year before <laughs> and talk about what BET needs to do. However, when I go to work, nobody watches BET but me, <laughs> right? And like, and could that be stereotypical? Sure, but it's also very relevant. Like, you, I'm looking to be able to share a piece of my personal life with the people in my professional space. And it's really hard to do that because it's quote-unquote not diverse, but more specifically, it's not black or brown enough or or urban uh, urban culture specific enough at my job which is fine we our conversation or what i think the real conversation should be about is how do we make advertising specifically with creative positions how do we make it more inclusive because people feel like they can't get jobs in these in in that part of the industry and that is what we're seeing and that is what's what's trickling up to the conversation of oh it's not diverse enough well to that point I, just even i don't know if it's playing devil's advocate or whatever but um uh-huh. <laughs> devil uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> you know because the the excuse usually is you know we work in a service based industry mm-hmm. if there are no clients there are no jobs mm-hmm. and the excuse has always been like you know people need to be able to see their ROI, the return on their investment. Exactly. And they need to be able to forecast it, and um, for a lot of DNI mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the especially the arguments that I heard when I was mm-hmm. trying to get in was that no one has the time to train you on the job. See, okay, no, see, that's I feel like that's true about well, every I, job, I, I, though. I just wanted to be the devil. I mean, and look, <laughs> you're gonna piss me off already. <laughs> I, I mean, that that was a legit because excuse. Because then I heard. what they are saying right. is, you people, whoever you people is for right now, are untrainable. What does that mean? There are thousands of people that are not white or man that go to college in the United States and throughout the world. And guess what? They are looking for entry-level positions and not just to be the person to answer the phone and say, hey, can I help you, to actually sit there. You know how people know? You know how many party promoters know how to work Adobe uh, Adobe Suite? Oh. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, I miss a lot those of, flyers, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like, any <laughs> a junior-level designer, you mean to tell we don't have time to... to train a junior level designer how does that even work that's actually exactly what you're supposed to do you know what i'm saying a project manager that's exactly what you're supposed to do is train them so when you say we don't have we need we need people we don't have to train we need people that can just jump in then you better then you need to just be hiring for senior level management not for junior positions i just don't think that's a a real argument to say that whereas they're untrainable because a lot of people come to this industry and they can't sure. do anything. That's like were. not a good if someone were to tell me that I'm like, okay, like no, I didn't, who told I didn't, you that, I didn't, I didn't say that they were <laughs> Who untra- said that? That they were untrainable. The the exact quote, because I remember it very, very well six years later, was that no client pays us to train you on the job. Okay. Absolutely. Right. That's 100%. true. So and, what? But at the same time, they do need people to do their job. Right. You can't wait. That's the thing that I, I, I think. I think it's also a deeper conversation because when we start talking about inclusion specifically, mm-hmm. it's you have to you start hitting on points like mentorship and development mm-hmm. and people actually taking the time out to say, "Well, 
I'm actually gonna like make sure that you get better at your job mm-hmm. because we all work in places or have worked in places where we work next to someone who doesn't know what the hell they're doing and they have a crutch and Mm -hmm. that crutch usually usually more times than not looks like them and doesn't look like us Mm. yeah i mean i mean just to go back to the training on the job first of all i hope i hope you send this to that person and you let you you tell them i said it Because quite frankly, no, the client doesn't the client doesn't pay for training on the job, but you know who does? Your agency, because that's actually built into their budget. There is a training budget. That and I feel like built. that's not always being used because no, 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 it is being used. You know what it's being used for? It's being used for the workshops to teach people how to how to uh, collaborate and how to work together. It's 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 the DNI programs that they initiate that no one goes to unless there's a free lunch to talk about um, emotional trainings and how, to, how it's sensitivity trainings. It goes to the internship programs. There's a training budget, so I actually don't want it. And not to mention, there's also as a as a producer and a project man. Manager. There's also um, for everyone that does or doesn't do their timesheet. <laughs> there's always a task there. That there's a always job. a task there for downtime. <laughs> so wherever you want to build this time to, whether it's being incurred by the agency or incurred by the client, it will be incurred and it will be paid for. So whoever told you that doesn't need to worry about it and clearly hasn't done their timesheet in forever, so they can have several seats. Let me just Ooh, say, I, I can't do my this, time sheets if I'm in meetings all day, okay? So you have to keep track anyway. <laughs> do it before you go to lunch. It should take you 10 minutes you tops. Have no excuse. That's the project manager talking. <laughs> no, but they t- they definitely should have several seats because that's actually not an excuse. I think that, I think the real, the real challenge, which they're not speaking of because it, it you sound like an asshole when you say it, is I really don't, I personally don't want to take the time to sit and teach somebody that I don't feel invested in. There's a, there's a personal true. investment that goes into training and mentoring and and showing people what the right path is within their, um, within their professional development. That is different. Because to your point, you absolutely have to find somebody or that you either want to invest in helping them get to their next step or that wants to invest themselves into you to help you get to your next step. And that's why the diversity piece is so tough because how do you decide who you want to help? How do you even start helping somebody that you feel like you know nothing about? And I think that goes back to one of your original points, which is we don't see people who look like us in the C-suite. So there's... Or a lot of people who look like us who are managers or... I've definitely seen people... See, it's been different because I've definitely seen people who have leadership positions, but they don't necessarily want to be a mentor. They don't Mm -hmm. want to have that responsibility. And Mm -hmm. although they were mentored or they're at a higher level now, when it comes to like reaching down and reaching back... They don't have the time. They're, I've met people who are they in don't make awesome positions. And she's, and you know, when I met her, she was like, everybody was asking her to be your mentor because she was an awesome person. Like, can you be my mentor? Can you be my mentor? She's like, people ask me to be a mentor all the time. I don't have time to mentor them, though. Mm, she doesn't want to make time. And that's fine. <laughs> and no, no, no. I mean, but, and, and 
I mean that with shade and without. Like, it's a partly cloudy day for that, right? Like, yeah. you make time for the people that you feel are valuable enough for you to make time for. Right. And quite frankly, no, she, do, she does not have to ma- mentor all of the people that demand her attention and advice. And I think it's just the feeling of it. Like, if she... I know if she met, like, me on a different level where she, where she doesn't have the feeling of the stigma of mentorship, mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel like mentorship to her. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people come to her and be like, be my mentor, then it starts feeling like a chore. Yeah, I, th- I think we can, that that's actually a deeper conversation, which is, you know, what exactly does a mentorship look like? Um but do you feel like that woman, I'm guessing she looks like you. She looks just like me. Okay. <laughs> Hair and all. I'll say this, I'll say this. I've had an experience with mentorship that ha- I feel has now come full circle. And hopefully there is a next step as I continue my career, right? Um, at the second agency I've ever worked at, there was a woman that, there was a, a black woman who worked there. She was, I believe, a senior vice president at the time, working on one of the larger accounts for the agency. She was a Howard alum. So at that point, I'm like, oh, snap, y'all. Family. I'm in here. <laughs> she about to help me. I stopped her in the hall one day. Told her, you know, I went to Howard, ate you, you know. Like, had the whole <laughs> conversation. And, like, I really felt that we hit it off. Once we started working together... Very quickly, the relationship diminished. Why? Because she was not interested in making the time for the mentorship. Mm-hmm. Now, here I am down the line, several years later, the person that I call my mentor, I have nothing in common with culturally. However, how do we relate? We relate on a we relate on a professional level. We relate on a level of just being women. We, we relate on a level of people who have ambition. So a white woman from the Midwest who has purple hair. I mean, couldn't be more different, but couldn't be more amazing and willing to help me move forward. Her thing is, how can I help you? And how can I help co- carry on the conversation about diversity with you? It's not always going to come from people that look like you. Sometimes it will be... Sometimes it will be somebody that you feel you have nothing in common with. But kudos to the people that find the time to invest in your growth because they know that they're going to get it tenfold back. So I have a side question. I know everyone hates my... But I have a side question for Kai, too. (laughs) (laughs) But my question is, do you think those conversations would have happened without the buzzword of diversity inclusion? Yeah, I do. Totally think there would be without all these like programs, all these out these without the initiatives. Do you think you would still have met that person in the advertising industry? Which person? The person that's mentoring you now. Purple hair. Would I have met her? Yes. I mean, because I work there. (laughs) I mean, my agency is all white. They're not talking about diversity. Mm -hmm. The conversations about diversity are Kai led. Right now, trademark that. I, I mean, shoot, I'm about to. <laughs> so, is it would they happen? Yes, if it's something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. It's not because I have a DNI person that's coming in saying, Where can we find more of you? No one is saying that. I'm saying, Hey, there's a whole line of people that I know that could totally help affect our bottom line. Y'all should check them out. And do you think that's the solution to our industry? 
re- reaching back and and reaching forward and getting people that look like us to come into the workplace? I mean, I think I think it's a next step. I don't necessarily think it's a solution. I think for me, a solution is and going back to something Simeon said before is total bottom line. Right. We, we're having all these conversations about we want more people that look like us and look different from us and just have a look, period, that we want to work with. But how is that affecting how efficient the work is, how efficiently the work is getting done? Does having a diverse staff actually mean that we're going to make more money? And. Oftentimes, just having those people, just having bodies does not necessarily mean more money. Mm -hmm. However, it is important to have smart people that have insights and know that there's a market somewhere. Keyword on smart. (laughs) I mean, and and, uh, right, smart is just as ambiguous as diverse, (laughs) but having, having willingly and educated, whether it is traditionally or not, educated people that know how to push work forward because pushing work forward in advertising affects the bottom line. Sorry, Sam, what was your question? Yeah, so, and it's probably just a yes or no question, but do you did you feel more slighted by that woman who you asked to be your mentor? I didn't she, feel slighted because I never asked her. Oh, she was so, the one okay, who was venting it. to me and what I noticed was that people, it was like a line of people who wanted to be her mentors. I'm like, she ain't going to mentor anybody, any, any of these people. So actually now I have a follow-up. Mm. <laughs> um, so did I feel slighted? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, and when I see her in the street, and I'm just like, so when I see her in the street, I'm just gonna wave. You were just you were just talking about um, identifying who these people are that can add to your bottom line, that can boost your ROI. How do you get to? How do you? What is the general? strategy for because it's we're in the state that we're in mm-hmm. like it's 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 heavy minority on the bottom looking to get in predominantly white at the top mm-hmm. what is the strategy for them because smart is subjective it is um talented is subjective it is what is the strategy for to help them identify quote unquote smart minorities that will add to their bottom line sure i mean it I, I, for me i feel like that depends on the resource right mm-hmm. so if you are a designer or a copywriter can you write do the people on our staff <laughs> like <laughs> what you're writing can you use um in design photoshop illustrator um, if you can do those things, then you can help us crank out work. And it doesn't it really doesn't even matter how good it is because you can definitely be a production designer and literally just move some pixels around so that we can get stuff through uh, workflow, right? If you are more senior in your career, do you have do you have insight that can help us move things forward? How do, how do you affect how quickly it we are able to get work completed? You know what I'm saying? Um, affecting your bottom line is going to change from resource to resource to resource. The willingness to work as part of the team to get to work to get to that bottom line or expanding that bottom line or making that bottom line is totally just going to depend on 
time. For example, if you constantly have somebody that's always late and don't ever turn work in on time and they always have the most feedback on their work or never does any of their schedule, never keeps anything on budget or on schedule, then they're probably taking away from your bottom line and messing up all the margins. <laughs> and I literally just described every position or every resource within an advertising agency. Very true. Those are the things that affect bottom line. I mean, but we see that all the time. But that's my point. Like, and that's my point. The fact that we see that all the time. Those people aren't necessarily helping you, helping uh, affect your bottom line positively. What's the solution to encourage diversity and inclusion in the workplace? I think the, the best thing to do whenever you're like looking to solve a problem is to kind of like start doing, I guess, the recon work on how you fix it. And even though we live in this Trump world, um, where, you know, I guess the racists are, you know, they're back in style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, let, let, let's be real. Like, okay. you know, racism is kind of back in style. But the people who we work for, I think their issue is more unconscious, unconscious biases. Okay. And the solution starts there is how do we get them to recognize their unconscious biases that affect how they hire how they develop, how they promote people, um, even the work that they put out. I think that's that's the beginning of the solution is helping them, I know how, um, but helping them to recognize their unconscious biases. Yeah, I can agree with that as well. I think once you recognize a problem and you see it as a problem, not just a complaint of the workplace, I think that's when we're going to strike some change. I think we're doing a lot to invoke and spark an emotion, but if we can present that, hey, this is an actual problem that's affecting the people that you hire and affects your business, I think that will resonate and hopefully provide a solution. Because I don't, I don't think they they recognize diversity as like this problem problem yeah it's just it's, like it's a, a complaint nice it's like it's a, a complaint nice, yeah. like it's a nice to have. yeah it's a complaint it's like a side note unconscious biases are not a problem to them it's you know what I mean, do you think quite, I, I mean, yeah i was say, like, i think oh man i i don't think unconscious bias is a problem to any of us really i think to be more aware i think a great next step because you know are we gonna solve it today and package it off no but Changing the conversation. The conversation should not just be about diversity and should be more inclusion heavy and being specific into who, what, and where we are trying to include include the diversity. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that is the next step, to be more specific and to talk about how we're going to hire, change our hiring practices, change our training practices. And retention. I think retention is huge, and that's why we don't see people in upper management or senior management that look like us because they get to our level, then they get pissed off, and then they go somewhere else. They go brand side. Yeah. They go client side. They get just just change the industry. Yeah. They just go become teachers. They and you know what? And and (laughs) that is it's serious because all of my English teachers used to work in PR and advertising. They just get so frustrated. And there's something to say, and there's something to be said about that. That you are scaring off women. You are scaring off brown folk. You are scaring off Asian people. And you know. Know what? Y'all gonna have a force to reckon with me. Oh, <laughs> but with that, with that, 
with that, you ready to close? You ready I mean, to? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think you can expect conversations like these these conversations that normally happen in your living room at the bar. Definitely and, at the but, bar. But, <laughs> I'm gonna need a drink right I'm after this. The in, in, in the stairwell, you know, the conversations that you normally have. In away your G chats. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the G chats be lit. Okay. <laughs> um, these conversations that you normally have away from people that don't necessarily relate to you. Um, so you can definitely expect more. Um, you can expect guests on the show, uh, people who work in this business, people who have those teachers who've, who've left or <laughs> who have gone on to do cooler things. Um, I mean, we're going to have current events. And at this point, like, we're going to answer questions. Yeah. We can give some advice, right? Somewhat. I mean, right? I, I think we're old. okay. I think we're good to give advice. I think we're okay to give advice. I think once you and hit your it, 30s, you can give solid advice. I'm not 30 We'll yet. speak for yourself. <laughs> so, but, you know, send your questions to askmixedcompany at gmail.com. That's ask like asking a question um, mixedcompany at gmail.com and we'll read them and we'll read them so we'll answer some said, questions and we can close out I'm Kai I'm Karina oh, oh. well I'm Karina <laughs> we're doing this again uh, I'm Simeon <laughs> and, and that's a wrap for today we'll talk to you guys next time until next time bye